Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Shock Talks. Today, we have a special episode, and by that I mean (laughs) a normal episode this week, but that's okay. We're back at it again, of course. This is going to be posted Monday night, unfortunately. I uh, fell into another, I don't want to say bad habit this week, but kind of resorted back to choosing to spend my Sundays just, you know, kind of on myself and running some errands and doing other stuff and not, you know, spending a couple hours doing this show. So we're recording this and we'll do the editing and all that stuff Monday, the 2nd of May here today. And so I apologize if you're a religious Monday morning listener. I don't think there's anyone out there who is, but (laughs) today's episode, yeah, will be posted this afternoon or evening, I guess, whichever. It kind of low-key depends if you listen more on the west coast or the east coast where i live so anyways beyond all that uh how have you guys been how's your week been or how was your week i guess it's the start of a new one here i had a pretty good week at least better than the week i had before i had some nice stuff go on at work or work was a a positive week for me started off good this week too and yeah, I guess no, nothing really notable or exciting happened last week. Significantly, I guess, like, you know, I had a normal week to some stuff with friends on the weekend. And I have one story that I'd like to share before we kind of jump into what we're going to actually be talking about today. I shouldn't say like, oh, just another normal week. Like I have some crazy stuff happen most weeks. I really, I really don't. Um, but that's kind of life for everyone. You know, I don't really live a extravagant, exciting I mean, I honestly, I kind of do. I wouldn't use the word extravagant, but I, I, I get up to enough stuff in my life that I think it's warranted to say that I live kind of an exciting and, I don't know, opportunity-filled life. So I don't even know why I'm rambling about this. It's just uh, off the cuff right here. So anyways, let me jump to the one story I do have from the past week, like I said. So This story heavily features my friend Aaron, who I've talked about on the show recently. Actually, fun fact, me and him will be roommates next year, so I'm kind of, I don't want to say anticipating him to be a frequent guest on the show, because I, first of all, wouldn't want to force that on someone. Second of all, I don't know. I haven't really put too much thought into it. Maybe, but what I'm trying to say is Aaron will more than likely be a, a highly recurring character, simply because he'll be in the room right next to me. And so maybe even we'll get some cameos of him yelling in the background while I record. Who knows? We'll <laughs> we'll have to find out. I'm sure um I'm sure it'll all work out. But anyways, yeah, so I'm living with him next year and or in a couple months actually. So both of our leases are ending this fall, and so we decided we're gonna move in together. But anyways, that's not the point of all this. What I'm just trying to say is he was who I was hanging out with this weekend. So anyways, him, me, him, and some other friends went out Thursday night. And we just went to a brewery, uh, had a couple beers, and then we went to a, a a different bar, and we ended up just playing some pool there. It was kind of just a chill night out, just hanging out as friends, right? So end of the night rolls around, and my friend Aaron splits off from... I, I had dr- driven into Boston, and he was taking the T home. So I had to drive home. I went one way. He went to the T station. He went the other way. I get a text later on, or just shortly later that night, half an hour, 45 minutes later, that goes, guys, my wallet got stolen. And all of us are like, huh? Like at the bar, whatever. At first I thought he he had meant at the bar, but I come to find out later after he talks to us some more that at some point while he was trying to get onto the subway, it had either fallen out of his pocket or someone took it from his pocket. Don't, don't really know, but it, it got stolen. And he knows stolen, not just like... I don't know, misplaced or whatever, is because he has one of those air tags, like the trackers you can put inside of, theoretically you put it inside anything, but he had one inside of his wallet. And so within 10 minutes of it being him realizing it was gone and stuff, is he noticed that it was like all the way up in Chelsea, Massachusetts, and which is like north of Boston. That's not just like a, a walk up the street or something. And so at first it... Um, he was like, well, maybe, I don't know, they just took it with them, they didn't know who it was, it fell out of my pocket, I don't know, which is fair, you know, it could be a possibility, and then it was just hanging in Chelsea, and it was outside of this, like, government building, I don't remember exactly what, what 
I don't think it was a police station, but it was some sort of government building or official building. It was also by a school or something, but the trekker essentially placed it in this one spot and it wasn't moving. And so that night Aaron was like, hmm, it, maybe they turned it in or something. So the next day he filed, I'm kind of the, telling this story for him. Maybe I should just like wait and let him tell him. I think it's an interesting story because it really, well, we'll see what happens here. So we, he, he like files a police report and all that stuff. And really nothing comes of that within like 12, 18 hours, whatever, which, you know, is not really a lot of time, but in, in kind of petty crimes like this, you kind of have to, I don't want to say act fast, but you know, he has a tracker in his wallet. He has all this stuff. It's like, we have enough information to kind of just go get it. But since it's just a wallet and it was probably, I think he said all of 60 to a hundred dollars in there or something. So obviously not ideal to lose, but not the end of the world. And of course his IDs and stuff like that. And so Friday evening, he texts me and he says, because I had already asked him to hang out that night as well. And he texts me, he says, hey, like before we hang out, or I don't even know if he said that specifically, but it's like, would you mind driving me to go see if we can just go to the tracker and um, see if we can get the wallet? Because of course we weren't going to go approach someone and be like, hey, do you have my friend's wallet or something like that? But the thing was the tracker hadn't moved in a good while, like since late the night before. And so, and it was just like kind of in the middle of, like I said, a couple buildings and whatever. So Aaron was like, well, most people, when they jack a wall, they just want your money. Maybe they're stupid and they'll take your cards because I mean, everyone cancels their cards nowadays. If you steal a wallet, you have no hope of using an ATM unless you're like holding someone at gunpoint and forcing them to withdraw the money, right? Because the second anyone notices that they're wallet is stolen that the everyone cancels all their cards and everything so he, he essentially knew you know someone definitely stole my wallet took the money and you know what maybe they just like threw it and dumped it in a trash can which is presumably a normal behavior and not unwarranted and so i go yeah sure we can definitely drive out to where the tracker is and then from there can see if we find it in a trash can so we drive up to chelsea which is like honestly like a 40 minute drive for me because of the traffic in Boston. I'm not saying that because it's, it was like a hassle. I was happy to bring Aaron to go find his wallet. I'm just saying it's like way out of the way from where we were in Boston. It's definitely not just someone local in the area. Some, I don't want to like make some stereotype, like some homeless person stealing money or something, but definitely like someone not from Boston itself or seemingly right. Cause we go there, we, we like drive by where it is and Aaron gets like a notification on his phone saying, hey, like we picked up the air tag, like you're close by. So we park my car, we go out and we head over to this trash can and we go like, oh, it's probably in that trash can. Great. And as we get closer, he you can like make a noise with the, the little tracker device. And so we pinged it and we heard it and we're like, oh, it's nearby. And then we both kind of like, are actually, I didn't see it at first, but he looked down and noticed it was just on the sidewalk just thrown onto the ground so what it seemed like was whoever stole his wallet started digging through it in the car or while walking or something i remains to be seen it's the reason i say it was probably driving is because there's little scuff marks on the tracker so to to me it kind of seemed like he it was thrown out of a car while i was being driven um but yeah it just such terrible i don't want to even say luck but just i mean such scummy behavior of some dude who not only would steal someone's wallet late at night but then it why would you just throw away the tracker like i mean i don't know it's not some crazy crime like i imagine if he throws the wallet away what are we gonna do look for fingerprints to arrest him like no it's just i mean my friend wanted his id back or hit presumably multiple ids you know like state driver's license, different other cards, whatever. And I don't know, it just sucks. Like if I had lost my wallet, I've lost my wallet one time before. It was in high school. And I was I went to a parade actually. And so I don't know how much I've talked about this before, but a lot of the marching band I didn't call or in high school was in like parade marching bands. And so I pretty much marched in every notable parade in Minnesota in the summertime but there was an occasional few 
where we wouldn't march in them. And so me and some of my friends from the march band, we would like to go to those to just kind of check out the other bands we're competing against. And I mean, going to parades is fun. And I never was afforded that luxury pretty much for the, you know, from seventh to 12th grade in high school. So it was also nice to go and, you know, catch some candy, whatever, you know, as childish as it is, it was, you know, the opportunities we got, I usually like to take them. And this one wasn't that far. I was in, I think, Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, which obviously has a reputation for being, I don't want to say scummy, but I mean, not a pleasant city, I guess. I, I One of the two. I think it was Brooklyn Park, but don't quote me. Actually, I think it was Brooklyn Center because it's right next to the high school for Brooklyn Center High School, but I never remember the distinction. Anyways, that's enough on that. We went to the parade. Um, we were sitting there watching it, and as we were walking back to the car after the parade, I realized my wallet was not in my pocket. So we went back to where we were sitting. It wasn't there. We went up and down, checked all the trash cans around. We couldn't find it in any of them. So to me, it remains to be seen whether someone took it from my pocket. Obviously, it was a busy, crowded parade. Or if it fell fell out and someone else took it, I really don't know. But I reported it to the police, and nothing ever came of that. And I don't know. It is what it is. But all that to say, I guess I know what it feels like to lose my wallet. And that was before I really had anything noteworthy in my wallet. I'm pretty sure that was before I even had my driver's license. So I, I didn't lose anything that actually... I lost like 10 bucks in some, you know, my library card or something like that. Or whatever else I had in there. But, you know, losing my wallet now would just be such a pain. And I really do feel bad for my friend Aaron that there's just some terrible people in the world. Because I don't want to say it's excusable to steal a wallet in general, but... To just go through the trouble of realizing, I mean, quite frankly, if I had stolen a wallet and seen the little device in there, I don't even know that I would assume it's a tracker. So whoever that person is just knows. Maybe I guess they're common things, but yeah, just like kind of scummy and pretty terrible. So I don't know. I, I feel bad. So I just thought that that was an interesting thing that happened to my friend well like sad interesting but so the next time you see Aaron if you're ever in town uh feel free to buy him a drink to make up for his lost uh I don't even know what I'm trying to say or don't buy him a drink because you've probably half the people who listen to this have probably already bought him drinks before so I don't know do without what you will shout out uh Aaron anyways enough of that so as I said before there really wasn't much else that happened noteworthy uh, over the past week or weekend, but something I did do this weekend is I actually watched a couple movies, so I don't know if I've ever really said this on the show either, but I'm actually a really big fan of movies. I wouldn't say I'm like a movie expert or guru or um, an expert on XYZ. I don't even really know what to say, but I've seen a lot of movies. I... I really do have a deep appreciation for like movies made to be like, I don't want to say art, but not just like, I don't just watch, you know, the Marvel movies, the Star Wars movies, the Harry Potter movies, and you know, whatever, haha. I do, you know, actually care about dramas, and I'm not a big fan of like horror movies, but you know, I appreciate ones that are made really well and stuff. Anyways, I... I sometimes do just kind of feel like sitting down and watching a couple movies. So that's what I did do on Saturdays. I watched a couple movies. And so I thought, I don't know, just in reflection of that, I would come on and tell you you guys what I thought of those movies, for one. But then also finally have an episode where I talk about some of my favorite movies. Because this is something that I've had a couple people ask me to talk about. And I've definitely been asked what my favorite movies are in general before. And sometimes I never really actually know what to say. Because I think it's... It, it, number one, it kind of changes. Just, I don't want to say based on my mood. That's kind of cliche or whatever. But I think it, I, I never really do have one movie that I can point to as being my exact favorite, mostly because my favorite movies in general, and I'll go through my top five today, all of them are really different movies, and they're all really different stories, one of them's like a musical, Um, and so it's, it's really hard to say like this one is 
my absolute favorite because I like all of them for different reasons. And so I think maybe different people for different answers from me. And so today, once and for all, I'm going to capture in time right here, May 2nd, 2022, what my top five movies are. And I'll also be going through some honorable mentions. So to start, I'd like to talk about the two movies I saw this weekend. So the inspiration for both of these movies that I've watched is I actually have this like scratch off poster and it's like a hundred movies you need to watch before you die. Or it's, it's just, it, I think it just is like a hundred movie bucket list or whatever, but it was a present for me my sophomore year in college. And ever since I've kind of slowly been trying to chip away at the movies because I'd seen probably, I want to say about 50% of them when when it was given to me which obviously isn't a bad thing it's cool to already have you know a bunch of the movies watched but over the course of the past how I guess it's been four years now since I've got it three years uh every couple weeks I kind of remember that I have it and then I try to watch one of the movies on it I haven't so there's a number of movies on it that I haven't watched that I probably should have watched by now um there's a number of them that I'm not going to sit here and go through the movies on the list, but it's kind of just like the classic top 100 movies list, I guess you could probably imagine. And so I watched two of them this weekend. So the first one I watched was called The Prestige, and the second one I watched is Stand By Me. Say what you will, maybe you're a big fan of either of those movies and you're shocked I haven't seen it to this point, but once again, I'll just reiterate I'd, I would claim that I'm a big fan of movies. I'm a big, like, movie guy. I'll, I, like, love watching movies, but I'm not, like, a psycho about movies. I'm not, like, oh, you haven't seen that movie and you haven't seen, you know, all that other stuff. So there is a lot of notable best movie ever, quote-unquote, type movies that I still haven't watched, but I hope to watch, and that's why I really do like this poster that was given to me and so yeah I watched these two movies the first one I watched was The Prestige so that movie has Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman are the two leading actors and Scarlett Johansson plays the female lead um I thought it was really good it's actually so it's directed by Christopher Nolan who I think on one hand I would argue is my favorite director but I think you could definitely say it's unfair for me to say that considering one of his first movies he ever directed I still hadn't seen to this point. So I'm a big fan of Christopher Nolan's work. I guess we'll see that later when I talk about my other favorite movies. But I didn't think this one lived up, I guess, as much to his other movies. I thought the plot was very interesting. I Unfortunately, the, the kind of twist at the end I had spoiled for me before which is I think the reason why I kind of held off watching this movie forever because I already knew what happened in the movie but it's definitely a really good ending you it's, it's one of the ones you don't really see coming there's a lot of things in the movie you don't see coming and I think it has a good balance of kind of mysticism involved with like reality essentially the plot follows two magicians um, in London in like the early 19th century, late 18th century, whatever. And the whole kind of plot is they're both kind of stagehands essentially, but, um, before they get started for this one famous magician, but then there's an, I guess I don't want to spoil stuff, but essentially something happens and it makes them rivals with each other. And then they both go on to have their own actual, uh, careers as magicians. And so they kind of go back and forth attacking each other's shows to try to be the better magician and one of them is kind of inherently the actual better magician and so the story I don't want to say mostly focuses on the worst one but truthfully it kind of does that's Hugh Jackman's magician and so it's kind of his almost journey of revenge but um, I don't know I don't really want to spoil too much but they're both kind of bad guys there isn't really a good guy bad guy between the two of them because they both do pretty terrible stuff to each other um but both of them you kind of see the right in their wrongs so i thought it was really entertaining it has an 8.5 out of 10 on imdb i would probably generally agree with that i would say it's probably more of like a 7.5 to 8 for me but i would definitely recommend anyone to watch it i don't i don't know that i would watch it again so soon it wasn't that I guess notable, 
but it was definitely still good. Christopher Nolan's a great director. Um, I'm a pretty big Christian Bale fan. Not a huge fan of Hugh Jackman, but I don't like dislike him. I'm just not big into him. I thought he's been phenomenal in different uh, different movies as well. So, anyways, that's the first movie I watched this weekend. The second movie I watched is Stand by Me. So this is a oldie but a goodie. I think it came out in 1959 or something like that, back in maybe like 62, I don't know. So the story of that one is a little more, I can talk a little bit more about it without spoiling it. So essentially the premise is some, it it takes place in Castle Rock, Oregon, which the book it's based on, it's based on a Stephen King book or a Stephen King novella, excuse me, short story or a long short story. You, You know what a novella is. So the the what am i even saying the point is the book takes place in castle rock maine which is like where every stephen king book takes place in but the movie has you know takes small creative uh changes which i found out i didn't actually even realize it was based on the stephen king book before i watched it because i knew nothing about it but once it it the scrolling intro thinks is like based on the book the body by stephen king i kind of instantly knew what it was because actually we talked about this a couple weeks ago didn't we that I was a big Stephen King fan when I was a kid and I had a lot of Stephen King books so I don't know I'm pretty sure I didn't read this book as a kid and if I did I just like read part of it and stopped reading it and so anyways even if I did read it I didn't remember what happened so it was still good that I was able to watch the movie but the the, the plot of the movie is these four kids find out that or there there's a kid who goes missing in this town in Oregon, the small town. And one of these four boys finds out he overhears from his older brother that his older brother had found where the body is. But they don't want to go like tell the police that they found it because they were using a stolen car when they found it. And so they don't want to admit that they jacked a car and were driving and found the body. And so this kid overhears them saying that. He goes to his friends and say, I think we should go like, look at the body. They all want to go look at this dead body. They're young kids, probably a good you know, 9, 10 years old. I think they're supposed to be maybe even 11. I don't know, somewhere around there. And so they go. It's The story follows them on this long 20-mile journey. Um, where they follow these railroad tracks and they they go and find or they they go searching for the dead body, and so it's really an interesting I don't know, look into the life of four different kids who are all kind of dealing with their own demons at home. The one that I'll talk about more explicitly because they kind of describe it right away and it's not a big spoiler is the one kind of bad boy in the town, and he's he's kid like destined to like never do anything good you know just always up to nothing up to no good stealing stuff you know bad boy and whatever but these young kids kind of as they go on this two day long trip to find a dead body with this kind of cloud overhanging about death and all this other stuff you find out that this kid really isn't as bad as he is made out to be by by this small town and so that's one of the kids. Another one of the kids has like two of them have like interesting relationships with their fathers. That's kind of uncovered throughout the the movie. Um, and then the fourth kid is kind of like this dumb fat idiot, and um, he just like I don't know. It's like I I don't really want to spoil stuff because a lot of it it's not really surface level stuff that you find out right away. It's stuff that's kind of revealed um, as they encounter different things along their way to the body so i definitely would recommend that movie to someone um if they're looking for a quick movie too it's only i think a 90 minute long movie i thought it was really emotional and really made me think a lot about um death and life and i guess i don't know it's it's hard because a lot all four of the characters in the book are like dealing with their own kind of demons in their life and i don't really think i have something very comparable in my life that um, makes me reflect as deep, but it is really, um, good to sit and, I guess, think about how, like, blessed I am that I don't have, um, like, an abusive father or, 
um, you know, something else like that. So, I don't know. Anyways, I thought the movie was really good, especially for the time period being filmed, you know, over 60 years ago. And I don't know what I would rate it. Probably something similar to uh, The Prestige. Probably a 7.5 out of 10, 8 out of 10. Um, and yeah, okay. So those were the two movies I watched. Uh, two out of the 100, obviously, on my list. Let's see. How many do I have left to get? Let me take a quick peek. I think I have about 25 movies left. So... I guess I've never really said this to, I don't want to say a lot of my friends, but if you're ever down to just watch a movie, I'm I'm always almost always down to just sit down and watch a movie. So I have plenty of movies that I have specifically on a list that I want to watch. I also have some movies that aren't on that poster that I do really want to watch. Um, I really want to watch the movie um, Django Unchained. I've never watched that movie before, even though it's been recommended countless times. I know how great it is. Um, I'm a pretty big Leonardo DiCaprio fan too, but I'm not like a fan really specifically of any actors, but obviously he's very good. Um, I really want to watch the movie Whiplash. I've never seen that movie before. And I also recently heard about this movie called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and I'm kind of surprised I hadn't heard about it before. I think the first time it came someone had mentioned I should watch it was back in like January or something, but I've had it come across me like online a couple times, um, like the trailer for it and stuff, uh, a number of times the last couple of months. So that's another movie that I, I would like to watch sometime soon. So anyways, those three movies. And once again, I, I have a bunch of others. So if anyone's ever down to watch movies, I'm absolutely down for a movie night or whatever. But anyways, that's not the point of what we're getting to here. What we're getting to is finally Jacques' undeniable best top five movies of all time. Undebatable. Did I already say that? I don't even know. But I don't think I I elaborated on this earlier, but I, it's a big distinction for me um, to say these are my, my favorite movies, my top favorite movies or whatever. I would never classify these as the best movies. I think movies in general, because there's such a wide range of what a movie can be and what it is to different people that I don't really think you can, it's hard to put a classification on the best movies. I think you can say certain movies are, you can make arguments for something being the greatest movie. Um, I know The Godfather is that to a lot of people, but I would never sit here and you know, make arguments about what the best movies of all time are. It's the same with, I guess, like music to me, like songs. If someone asks, what, like, what do you think the best song ever made was? Well, I don't know. I think that song, well, once again, I think I like just said this, but songs, movies, different are mean different things to different people. So at the end of the day, there, there really isn't a best one because it's all really subjective. It's art at the at the end of the day so that's what i would have to say about that i don't know if i needed that distinction but that's um that's one thing i'll leave you with here or i'm not leaving you with anything we're still here for the next half hour but anyways (laughs) um so yeah i i've got five movies that i have as like my top five if i could only you know own five movies watch another five movies like these would be the five and then i also have five that I would still put as extremely notable. I would highly recommend, like definitely close to 10 out of 10s for me. They're just not top five, like honorable mentions, I guess you could say. And each one of them is kind of an honorable mention for a different reason, or like there's a different reason why it isn't in my top five. So we'll get to that. But yeah, let's just, I guess we can start with the honorable mentions and I can can go up. Um, So there's two movies that I would consider honorable mentions mostly because they're very I don't want to say corny but it's very like I don't know like niche or something so one of them is Jurassic Park the original Jurassic Park and the other one is Gremlins so I think even Gremlins is like a kids movie maybe but both of those movies it's like focused on this like one science fiction almost like creature thing and it's just like not I don't know it's to me it's just missing the mark on being like a a real 
I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I think maybe you, you you can get what I'm I'm saying by this, but neither of those movies feel like real. Like the story isn't. I don't want to say it's like too fake because obviously most movies have some element of fake to them. But I don't know, like bringing dinosaurs back to life, just like that, like plot is. Once again, I don't want to use the word corny or like cringy because I I wouldn't say it's that, but it's along that kind of mindset I guess so I think Jurassic Park is great I think a large reason I like that is because I liked it so much as a kid but if you've never seen Jurassic Park I think that's really sad obviously the plot to that movie is scientists in the future are able to make dinosaurs by combining I can't remember what animal eggs they combine with dinosaur DNA I was I haven't seen the movie in a while actually but probably a couple years but they get dinosaur DNA from mosquitoes that have been in trapped in moss, or it's not moss, what is it? Tree sap. And so they're able to make dinosaurs, and they make a theme park out of it. And so some people go to visit the theme park. I can't remember why. I think they're just like scientists. They want them to come see it. But then some bad stuff starts happening on the island because of a storm and one guy who's trying to steal um, the technology and sell it and yeah the dinosaurs essentially get out of their cages and these people have to survive against uh t-rexes and velociraptors and the like but it's a really good um story it's like groundbreaking cgi for when it came out i think um in the 80s or something like that maybe even 70s Um, once again i'm not a movie aficionado i don't know all these stats you know i just know that i'm just a kid with an opinion but it's uh it's definitely a must watch. Now the other Jurassic Parks, I didn't you know, I think they're good, but they're not as I wouldn't if you didn't like it, you, you don't you don't got to go watch the other ones, right? It's not like oh, they're, the saga's so great and it's concluded so well in Jurassic Park 3. Like no, they're all pretty much just like come up with out of nothing. The first Jurassic Park is actually based on a book by Michael Creighton, I think is how you say his last name. I read that book. It's a really, really good book. Honestly, the book is better than the movie, which is, um, I don't know, pretty common, but this movie is done so well that it's um, kind of a surprise. But anyway, so yeah, that's Jurassic Park, I guess. Now, Gremlins, I think also is because I really liked it as a kid. I liked Gizmo, the little creature in the movie. So essentially, if you don't know the plot of Gremlins, it's actually... I don't want to say it's a Christmas movie, but it takes place during Christmas time. But the whole point of it is this father who's like kind of not always there for his son wants to give his son a really good Christmas present. And while he's in New York City, he goes kind of down this alleyway and he finds this old man who has this like, I think they're called Mogwai or that might be wrong too, but he essentially finds this little cute creature And he says, oh, I want to buy this for my son. And the old man originally says, like, no, no, no. But the old man's son comes out later and sells it to the dude and says, like, okay, here you go. You just have to follow some basic rules with it. Um, Don't get him wet and don't feed him after midnight. And the the dad goes, oh, okay, that's fine. So he goes home. He brings the little gizmo to his son. Now, if you don't know what gizmo looks like, I would definitely recommend looking it up just so you at least know what I'm talking about because it's this little, like, furball guy. I don't even know what you would compare him to, but so he brings him to his son and he says, okay, you can't get him wet. You can't feed him after midnight. Well, turns out when you get him wet, he like clones himself. He replicates. And then if you feed him after midnight, he turns from a cute little like funny pet creature. You know, he like sings and he's like, I don't know, a little cool guy. They turn into these like evil demon, like lizard things called gremlins. And so the whole plot of the movie is he accidentally gets him wet. And so a bunch of, he like makes a bunch of little clones of himself. And of course the little clones are like evil and like want to turn into gremlins for whatever reason. And one night they like trick his clock to make it look earlier than it is. And so he feeds them thinking it's before midnight, but it actually isn't. And so they all turn into gremlins. And then it's this whole like adventure of them trying to, like stop all the grim essentially kill all the gremlins um before they terrorize the town so it's actually kind of a scare i don't want to say scary movie but there's like the gremlins like kill people it's not just like a haha little kids movie though i think it is like i don't want to say targeted more towards children but it's you know it's kind of a kids horror movie i guess you could say so but that one's really really good 
I definitely would recommend checking it out just for kind of the nostalgia and uh, I don't know. It's like a fun movie. Definitely, definitely recommend it. Um, so yeah, those are two of the honorable mentions. Another one is Interstellar. So I noted before I'm a big Christian Christopher Nolan fan, and that definitely goes for the movie Interstellar. It's my second favorite movie by Christopher Nolan. However, the reason I would include it in honorable mention and not in my top five is I just feel like it it is kind of a long movie. I think the story is amazing, maybe the best story um, in a movie ever. I just think it takes forever to get there. Like the last 15, 20 minutes of the movie, phenomenal. Like crazy cinematography is amazing. The acting is great. Matthew McConaughey, definitely his best acting in my opinion. But it just really, the movie is like almost three hours long and it just feels like half of it, they're just like going through space. I won't even really talk about the plot of this one too much. Essentially, what's happening is the Earth is dying and these astronauts have to go out into like deep space to explore these planets that are Earth-like to see if they're habitable for human uh, settlers to come and live. So that's kind of the very general plot. If I say anything more, it kind of spoils actually the whole point of it. I would absolutely recommend this movie. It is so, so good. The only problem is, once again, it's just really long. So if you're like looking for a movie to watch at night, don't put it on. You're definitely going to fall asleep, I promise you. But if, you know, it's daytime or you're having like, you're watching a couple movies over the course of a day and you want a really, really good story and you, I mean... Christopher Nolan is just like makes great movies. And so I would definitely, definitely recommend the movie. I just can't like it's to me, it's like rewatchability is kind of low, especially because it's not one of those movies that has a twist. So you like go back and uh, like rewatch it. There is kind of a twist, but it's it's like one thing. It doesn't change. Like, I guess I can use the prestige, for example. So the prestige, the the ending, it's like, oh my gosh, like I didn't see that coming. And so you can rewatch it. And it's like kind of puts a whole new perspective on the movie. And every time you watch it, it, you kind of see different things. So that's why when I watched the prestige, I could still kind of enjoy it, even though I had the ending spoiled for me. With Interstellar, the ending it's spoiled it's you already know where the plot is going you already know what's happening and it's long so if you haven't seen it before definitely would recommend checking it out but it just to me doesn't like i would still give it like a 9 out of 10 or something like that but it it just like to me doesn't breach that top five movies of all time one more or i got two more honorable mention movies one of them is the movie seven which is a uh, like an investigative movie, it follows two detectives who are hunting after the serial killer. And the reason it's called Seven is because he kills each of his victims are for one of the seven deadly sins. And so one of the detectives is Brad Pitt. One of the detectives is Morgan Freeman. I think it's in. I think it's Morgan Freeman's best acting or some of his best acting. Brad Pitt. I think he does an okay job. Um, or not an okay job. He obviously does a really good job. It's one of my favorite movies, but it's not... I, I, I like Brad Pitt in some other movies more. But I just think that... I don't know. To me, the like whole like kind of horror-ish, uh, like suspenseful type movie, is, it, it's not really my favorite kind of genre. And so, although I love this movie, it's just not a top, top ten, five for me. Definitely like kind of top ten is essentially what I'm getting at but not as good as some of the other movies on my list. Would definitely recommend checking that one out, but that one is kind of gory and a little, I don't know, scary. And uh, I don't know, Brad Pitt is kind of a menace in that movie. So, And then the final movie that I would uh, include in my honorable mentions is Silence of the Lambs. And so kind of for a similar reason to Seven, like horror and um, kind of just suspense, uh, investigative type, plots aren't, aren't like my favorite I guess you could say but this movie is just so so good and I still remember like the first time I watched it I was really in shock with uh, where the plot of this goes because I, I didn't know I guess what to expect when I watched it for the first time so I definitely would Jodie Foster this is my favorite Jodie Foster movie I would definitely recommend checking that one out the the whole plot of this one is there's this serial killer who is skinning his victims alive He's called Buffalo Bill, if I remember correctly. And so the police are just finding absolutely no leads, like the FBI can't figure anything out. And so Jodie Foster's character, she's a young FBI agent. Her name's Clarice. It's notable because of how 
Hannibal Lecter says her name, but Hannibal Lecter is this cannibal who is a former serial killer who's now in, like, solitary confinement prison, like, deep underground, right? And so, in order for her to solve the case she's currently working on with the serial killer who's skinning people, she goes to him for help on how to, like, get into the mind of a serial killer. So, the movie's really, really good, just unfortunately not in my top five. So, definitely would recommend checking that one out, too. Anyways, I think I said would definitely recommend checking that one out to all of those five movies. Now, we've gotten to my top five movies, which are truthfully in no actual order. However, I did kind of put them in some level of an order. So, I'm going to go from five to one. Ultimately, all of these I would probably just give a 10 out of 10. So, Really, I don't know if they are 1 to 5, but in my heart, I guess this is the order I would rank them in. Though, if someone were to come to me and say, no, that movie's better than that one, I would give it to you. Okay, I'm not going to die on the hill of that one of these is better than the other. However, to me, I just, this is my top 5. And so, what I was saying is, all those other movies I said, I definitely would recommend you check out. These ones, I if you have not seen and you really want to watch a movie, I swear to God, I, I will watch this movie with you. It is so good. All these movies. Um, these are like, I need, I'm never going to like force someone to watch a movie and if they're like, oh, I've heard bad things about it or like, oh, I don't really care about, I'm like, like I said, one of them's a musical. So if like, oh, I don't, I just like can't listen to musicals. Okay, fine. Like, I'm not going to actually force you to watch it or like nag you forever. However, these are my unquestionable top five movies that I absolutely think you need to see, um, see before you die, but no, um, there's some of these I'm willing to, I don't know, let's just, let's just jump into it, so the fifth one is The Shawshank Redemption, I think everyone, even if you haven't seen this movie, I feel like most people have at least heard of it, just because it's really notable, it's often at the top of people's list of greatest movies of all time, obviously, in my opinion, for good reason, it's a really good story, this one is also based on a Stephen King novella, and it follows this guy who was accused of killing his wife and the woman she was cheating on him with. And it's his story of his time in prison. And I really am not going to go into any more detail than that because the plot of this is just so great. Morgan Freeman's in this one as well. And I guess you could probably debate he's better in this one than Seven, but I don't know. I really like his acting in that movie, but... I think this is just like pinnacle, I mean, it's Stephen King storytelling, so obviously I'm a little biased, and I don't know, this is just a kind of rare instance where I feel like the movie is better than the book, just because of how you watch everything play out, and there's like, it's not even a twist at the ending, it's just like something you don't see coming, and there's so many different characters that come and go through throughout the prison because you follow him for you know years in the prison and yeah I, I don't want to spoil anything just because of how great I think this movie is but this this movie is just an absolute 10 out of 10 if you haven't seen it I just really insist you watch it it's it's really digestible it's you get really connected with certain characters and um yeah okay so that's number five number four is back to the future part two now, if I could include both part one and part two as, like, one package movie, I would. However, they're technically different movies. Like, putting aside Star Wars and, um, I don't even, I don't even want to say, like, Harry Potter, but, like, long series like that, just, like, a sci-fi type, like, Marvel or anything like that, putting all of those aside, my favorite franchise or, like, set of movies is definitely Back to the Future. Back to the Future 1, fantastic. Back to the Future 2, my number 4 movie of all time. Back to the Future Part 3, kind of forgettable, but it really does bring a good conclusion to the whole story, and I think is a good wrap-up of everything, and, I don't know, provides a, a good kind of ending to the whole saga. Anyways, Part 2 is absolutely phenomenal. If you don't know about Back to the Future, you really are living under a rock because I feel like everyone should know, maybe not the plot itself, but at least just like that that the movie exists. It's so like classic and credit to my mom for making me watch these movies when I was a kid. Um, I've been hooked ever since. And so the first one follows this, um, this guy, Marty. 
he goes back in time and he stumbles upon the moment his mom and dad meet for the first time. And so his dad is like a super nerd, like loser, whatever. His mom is like the hottie from high school. And so they meet in this kind of like freak accident where the dad is, the dad's actually like peeping on her through the window of her house, like as she's undressing and he's in a tree using binoculars and he falls out of the tree and he gets up and her dad runs him over in the road. And so it like knocks him out. And so the dad brings him inside and they end up like taking care of him. And then like the mom falls in love with him. But anyways, what ends up happening is Marty goes back in time. This is kind of a spoiler, but it's for the first movie. I'm just kind of helping you understand what, what's going on here. I'm getting you interested, right? This is like the first 20 minutes of the movie, so don't hate me. Marty goes back in time in a time machine on accident. And he goes back and he, he without realizing it, sees the moment where his dad's about to fall out of the tree. His dad, he watches his dad fall out of the tree. He jumps in the road, pushes his dad out of the way, and he gets hit by the car instead. So what ends up happening is his mom starts to fall in love with him. And so it's a race against time because he needs to get back to the future. And the only way he can do that is to, uh, like, without wrecking stuff. Because how, like, time works in this movie. So you change something in the past, you go back to the future, then, or back to the present, whatever. We'll get to the future part later. Like, the plot of this is he has to get back to where he wants, like, to his current day. But when he goes back in time and makes his mom fall in love with him, he like starts to disappear because he changed the past and his parents are no longer going to get back together. So he has to make sure his mom and dad end up together anyways. So I won't spoil what happens in the movie, but essentially there's a second movie. So I guess you can guess that things turn out good at the end of the first. The premise of the second one is he finally gets back to the present, right? And the guy who creates the time machine, his name is Doc. He... Now that he has a successful time machine, decides to go into the future and, you know, explore the whole world of, you know, whatever he wants. Turns out is in the future, Marty's son is like a criminal. So Doc comes back to Marty and says, hey, we need to go into the future and stop your son from getting in trouble. And so I really want to sit here and spoil why it's called Back to the Future But essentially what happens is they go to the future, they do some stuff, they come back to the present, some other stuff in the world happens, and they end up having to go back to the future to, you know, stop some stuff. So essentially the the whole movie and everything was planned, like all three parts were planned before they even started, before they like released the first one. So that's why the second one to me is the best because it's really all just one story just split into three movies between they go to the past, they go to in the second one, they go to the future. And then in the third one, they actually go back to the Wild West, which in my opinion is why it's a little bit so-so, but it is what it is. But that movie's great. It's so, so good. It's a classic, timeless classic. I would definitely, definitely recommend checking it out. Okay, so that was number four. Number three is the movie Gone Girl. Now, this one I think is the really the dark horse of my list because I don't think many people classify Gone Girl as an amazing movie. And while I think it is maybe not, it's probably the worst movie, like for movie sakes, on this list of even like the 10 movies I've been talking about today. The story in it is just so good. I think maybe even the best plot twist in any modern movie. I think the book, the book Gone Girl is so, so, so good. One of my favorite books of all time. And I thought that they did a fantastic job putting it into the movies. I think Ben Affleck is a great actor in the film. I think this is probably Ben Affleck's greatest acting other than maybe Argo. But I really, really, really cannot say enough great things about the story of this movie. I, I simply don't want to say, if I say anything about it, it, it really sets up the story for spoilers, it's really best if you just go into it knowing absolutely nothing and just kind of seeing how everything unfolds. It's in three parts or three acts, I guess, or maybe it's two, I can't remember, but there's like essentially two, two to three parts to the movie and each one is like more crazy than the last. So I really just can't say 
enough good things about this movie. I love the story, like my favorite, favorite story. I don't want to say realistic story, but it's my favorite story that's like the other two movies I'm going to talk about and like Back to the Future, Shawshank Redemption. They're a little more like, I don't want to use the word fantasy, but it's more science fiction or like unrealistic, just like totally crazy, like not actually truth. But Gone Girl is like a real story, really could happen type realistic, I guess. I don't know. So yeah, there's that, that movie. Number two, I have La La Land. So this is the musical on the list. I think the soundtrack of the movie is amazing. I think Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone are fantastic in their roles. I think both of them play the character very well. The plot of this movie is Ryan Gosling is playing like a failing musician who eventually wants to open his own club. And Emma Stone is, uh, she's trying to become an actress, but she's kind of failing. And they end up meeting and falling in love, but then things don't always appear to be what they seem. So it's kind of just their journey of um, like falling in and out of love. And I think it's just a really, really good story. Definitely my favorite. I, don't, I wouldn't say like a, it's a love story, but it's definitely my favorite movie about romance or like with romance involved. I would absolutely recommend checking this out to or recommend anyone checks this out even if you don't really like music or musical because this movie isn't like a true musical. There's definitely songs and they're sung by the actors and actresses, but it's not like the plot depends on the song. The plot utilizes the songs to like tell the story. So like Ryan Gosling's character, he's a musician. So he he writes a song for him and Emma Stone's character. And so they'll sing it together multiple times throughout the story. And it kind of, you can see how their relationship changes in how they're singing the song with each other. But it's not like they're singing what's going on in their day-to-day life. It's just like an actual song. Like all the songs in the movie, other than maybe the first one, the opening number, are like songs you could presumably just hear on the radio they're just songs and at one point in the movie he joins a band so one of the songs is like the song their band performs it's not like an actual it's not like an actual musical how you would think of when you think of musicals is what i'm trying to say so i think it does a really good job of like i said incorporating music with the plot and just telling a really really good story and i other than the the number one movie in this list that I'm going to get to is maybe my favorite ending in a movie ever. I think the ending is just very, very beautiful, very poetic, and something I didn't see coming, like, whatsoever. So, and it's not like a twist either, but it's really just, um, like, beautiful. So I would definitely recommend La La Land, like, absolutely. You need to see it, for sure. I'll watch La La Land, like, any anytime. I just love, love the movie. And then number one, which this is usually the answer I do give to most people just because I don't know why, whatever was in me the first time I saw it, I just needed to see it again because this is the kind of movie that you watch and then you need to kind of like go back and rewatch it because you're like, oh, like it kind of makes more sense. It's like really complex, convoluted, different moving pieces throughout the whole film. And it, it's not really all explained to you you just kind of have to understand what's going on. It's Inception. So this is a Christopher Nolan movie. Probably the reason I would argue he's my favorite director is simply because he made this film and then also Interstellar. But the whole premise of this movie is it's set, I don't want to say in the future, I guess like probably near future where this technology has been invented where you can go into each other's dreams, you can share dreams. And so... The whole point of the movie is to go dream within dream uh, in order to... What people usually confuse is what Inception means. Most people, what they think is like the term Inception that's coined by this movie means just to go a dream within a dream. But in actuality, the, the whole... What Inception means is to plant an idea inside of someone else's mind that's not theirs. And so in order to do so... The characters in the movie have to go multiple levels of dream deep in order to make another person think that that thought is their own. And I'm doing a horrible job of explaining it, but essentially what they're 
these guys are hired to do is go inside this other dude's mind and change his mind. And so in order to do so, they they go inside of a dream and then they go inside that dream. They like fall asleep within that dream to go in like a deeper level of dream to like go deeper into this person's mind. And it's really kind of crazy. It really makes you think. And there's a lot of different uh, twists and turns and stuff that doesn't happen expectedly. And just kind of the world that's painted by Christopher Nolan is just absolutely fantastic. And the acting is just Leonardo DiCaprio's maybe his best work. I don't know. He's such a phenomenal actor that I, I don't even know that I would go so far as to say that. But he does a great job. And I don't even remember all the other actors names but it's just a really really good movie the ending is it's such a subtle twist ending or i wouldn't even say twist but the ending just is it like gives me goosebumps and makes you sit and i guess like think and i definitely 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 recommend inception and yeah okay so that is that's that's it that's my top five movies and some other movies i would you know, highly advise you watch. So I hope you enjoyed my, I guess, little list. And if you have any questions, feel free to ask me if you think any of those movies are trash and are willing to argue with me on it. Um, feel free to argue with me. Um, if you have, I, I mean, I'm, inter- I'm usually interested to hear what other people's favorite movies are, because to me, a lot of movie watching in my life has just been watching them on my own. Because a lot of people don't love sitting down and watching a bunch of movies and I'm a big like movie marathon kind of guy I'll just kind of like get in a movie watching mood and watch you know three four of them like this past weekend I watched two of them and so I don't know if if you have a favorite movie if you I don't know are very passionate about the plot of a movie and you think I probably haven't watched it I would definitely love recommendations I'm not so keen on keeping to my specific genre of movies I always watch. I'm always down to watch new movies, especially if they're recommended by people. And yeah, I guess that's uh, that's all I got to say. So this is another episode where I didn't really have um, a whole lot of a topic. We just kind of went over, you know, movies. So it is what it is. I'm glad we could kind of uh, talk about that kind of stuff and who knows maybe in 10 15 years my favorite movies will be totally different like la la land only came out hmm, four oh five years ago now um and what inception came out in probably only like 10 years ago so who knows there's i i mean i loved dune last year that movie was definitely my favorite from oh 2021 but I don't know that I would put it so far as up on my top 10 movies quite yet. Maybe it'll leave a larger impact on me, especially if they continue making the other movies uh, in that series. And I don't know, Gone Girl only came out, I think, seven, six, seven years ago as well. Now that I'm like re-looking at the list. So Interstellar is not that old. So I'm looking forward to more movies coming out in the future. And, you know, who knows? Maybe this list will change. Maybe I'll grow out of inception i mean jurassic park probably for most of my childhood was my number one movie or i mean i probably would have said star wars um as a kid and as great as star wars is and as much as i would also definitely insist someone go and watch at least the original trilogy of star wars to me it's just not it's in a different category of talking about movies i love because to me star wars is more of like a franchise and um just like the story instead of the movie when I'm just thinking about movies themselves, um, it's different. Anyways, do you get that? I, I, I think that's that's a clear difference. Anyways, let me stop rambling. I hope you enjoyed listening to me talk about my favorite movies. Once again, I'd love to hear if you have some favorite movies of yours that you think I probably haven't seen. Definitely always looking for recommendations, and we'll just leave it at that today. So, Anyways, I hope you guys have a great week ahead of you. I'm excited next weekend. My sister and mom are going to be visiting me, so there's a chance that my episode will be kind of late in the same way because I'll have to record Monday, but I'm also low-key hoping maybe I'll get my sister on the show with me. We'll see what ends up happening. Things are kind of in a time crunch because they're only going to be here for Saturday, so it might not work out. It might. We'll see what happens. I don't want to make promises, as always, but 
But yeah, okay. Have a great week, everyone. I will see you back next week on Jacques Talks, and we will talk to you guys later. All right. Peace out.